Good morning on our podcast, Word at the Ranch as well. And just a couple announcements. I'm in June here. Actually, Terry Mize was just texting me right now before the service, and he's going to plan to come out and be with us again June 26th. That's Saturday, June 26th. And I've been wanting to put him up in uh, one of our favorite places at Blue Lantern, Ben Breakfast, him and Miss Renee. So if you'd like to chip in and help us with that, we're going to give him the best room we can with the little ocean view right there at uh, Blue Lantern. My mom and dad turned us onto that place. It's become our favorite place. So I think it'll become one of their favorite places. It's so nice and quaint. So if you want to help with that, just hey, feel free. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you. There were two or three are gathered. You're here in our midst. Pray for a fresh word in season. Let it go deep into our hearts that we may receive it, act on it, and live on it. In Jesus' precious name. And if you agree with that, say amen. Also that week, uh, before Terry comes out, we're riding with Chariots of Light. Uh, Jerry Sabell's coming out as well. It's going to be powerful in California that week. Two mighty men of faith are coming to California the same week. And they don't know it. I don't think they know it. <laughs> but Jerry Savile is going to be riding our California Chariots of Light tour. And that goes all the way from Ventura to Sacramento. So we'll be riding with him that week. And then we'll have to bounce out on Friday if you have to come with me. And then make it back here for Terry. And put him up at Blue Lantern uh, on Friday night. That's the plan. And then chauffeur him to the service here on Saturday morning to be with us. So praise God forevermore. God is so good. Isn't he? Three divine connections. Amen, amen. Say, I'm attracting the right people into my life. Amen, amen. Can you hand me my Bible? Thanks. Everyone have their Bible this morning? Let's just wave it, make the devil mad. Say, this is my Bible. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. Amen. This is the word of God. Praise God. How many of you value your Bible? <laughs> I love this book. Amen. <laughs> if I didn't have a memory foam pill, I'd be sleeping on this. Amen. Wake up. It's right here. It's the word of God. Amen. Sure can heal some cavities and teeth just by laying on it. Amen. Praise God forever. Say new teeth. <laughs> Say I have new teeth. You know, there was one man I heard... Um, it was a pastor up in Simi Valley, and he had a guest speaker from Africa come. And he just worked all these miracles in Africa, and they were documented during a famine there in Africa. But one of them was they huddled in a gymnasium during a big famine out in Africa, and um, a fig tree started growing up out of the wood floor and fed figs to everybody in the congregation who were gathered in the gym. And that was just a sign and wonder, you know? And I believe it was his dad who was in his 80s who were missing all his teeth and he laid hands on him and he got a whole new set of teeth in his 80s. Whole new set of teeth, amen? God can replace everything, anything he created, amen? He's got parts in heaven, amen? That's your storehouse. He's got extra parts, extra parts, amen? Hallelujah. I was believing for a new shoulder, you know, I had shoulder surgery, they uh, I shattered my shoulder and I, they told me they put a, a plate and 11 pins in, but I refused to look at the x-rays or anything or hear that report I was just believing for a new shoulder they said your golf game wouldn't be that good if you can golf again you know couldn't do this couldn't do that and it was it's better than it's ever been amen and I believe for a new shoulder I don't know what's in there but I, I think it's a new shoulder praise God <laughs> my golf game got better amen so praise Jesus better than the former surgery even uh, leave it to God amen he's got excess parts excess parts so whatever you need you just receive from heaven you just have to reach out with your arm of faith to take it. There's another story, Kenneth Copeland Ministries, they publish this a lot. But one, one man woke up by his bed, bedside chamber and he had elbow surgery, wasn't it? And they put a fake elbow in his arm. He was shot, he was shot. in the elbow. Yeah. 
and he had a fake elbow put in his arm right here. And he woke up the next morning and there was the fake elbow on his nightstand when he woke up and he had perfect mobility. An angel of the Lord took that elbow out and permanently replaced it with a new one. Isn't that awesome? So I know for a fact they got parts upstairs, amen? You just call them down like a good mechanic, say, I need parts, amen? Parts here. <laughs> Praise God. I used to deliver auto parts in the area, amen? Extra parts, amen? Parts here. We need some parts. All right, let's get it. <laughs> Our arm of faith can take it. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Everyone well, amen? <laughs> God is so good. Thanks for joining us. Amen. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy. I wanted to teach from Nahum and Haggai, but I think I'll do that this week online because the Lord's instructed me to go here into Deuteronomy 6 through 8. If you'll bear with me and uh, read this blessing, this is powerful. And I meditate here probably more than ever since we've been believing for a house for five years. So I've been living here in Deuteronomy 6 through chapters 8. And if you're believing for prosperity or pretty much anything, uh, this is a great, great place to start and end with the blessing in Deuteronomy 28. But Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 1, we'll start right here. Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. Say possess. That word possess means to take over. That you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life. And that your days may be prolonged. Say prolonged. prolonged. Long life he satisfies us. With long life he satisfies you. Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it. Place your eyes on them. Keeping your eyes on the word. That it may be well with you. What's the benefit of keeping our eyes on the word? That it may be well with us. And that you may multiply greatly. Multiplication and excess and overflow comes from observing and placing our eyes continually on the word of God, it says. As the Lord God of your fathers has promised you. It's a promise and now it's actually a purchase because Jesus signed, sealed, and delivered it in his blood on the cross. So now it's gone from a promise to a purchase. A land flowing with milk and honey. Doesn't this look like a land flowing with milk and honey to you? I see bees. I haven't seen cows, but I have seen some goats. A land flowing with milk and honey. Amen. <laughs> they say one goat will take care of half an acre of land for you. Ron and Ellie, amen. They'll, they'll just trim the grass for you. One goat can take care of half an acre, amen. They're natural lawnmowers, amen. I remember that saying, get your goat. Have you, ever, have you ever heard that saying, get your goat? It came from the horse racing days when horse racing started, that they would put a goat in with the horse because goats are proven to calm horses down and calm their emotions down and, and control the fear that horses may have before a race. So the owners used to put a goat in the stall with them before a race to calm the horse down. And that's where that saying came from, get your goat. Because people used to come around and steal the goats out of their stall to disrupt the horses before a race to make them lose. So get your goat. There we go. Anyway, that's a fact. Go ahead. <laughs> Fun fact. You need a goat. Yeah, I need a goat. <laughs> I used to work with goats. They're amazing. I, in Hawaii, I used to see them on the back of Vespas going to surf. People would put their pet goats on the back of Vespas and drive them to the beach to go surf. Then I'd see them up on their surfboard surfing. They could do anything. They're amazingly smart. Smarter than sheep, actually. But, whatever. <laughs> Get your goat. Where were we? <laughs> A land flowing with milk and honey. Amen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. He's one. One being. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's three parts of you. Spirit, soul, and body. Verse 6. 
And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You got to get them there by meditating them. Got to get them in deep by saying the word. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Any of you talk the word at home when you sit down with your kids in your house? Any of you speak the word? You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. That's 24-hour word, amen? You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. I'm not an advocate of getting tattoos. I have friends that are tattoo artists, however, Christian friends as well. But um, if you are going to get a tattoo, might as well put the word on there so you can see it every day, amen? (laughs) Write them on your hands. (laughs) Keep your eyes on them, that you can see them, amen? When you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. I don't recommend getting your eyelids pierced or or tattooed. That could hurt. Uh, It's pretty sensitive up there. But hey, their hand went up. (laughs) Between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Meaning, put the word everywhere. When you wake up, you should have it on your bathroom mirror. When you get in your car, you should have it in your car. Just keep the word before you everywhere you go. Because the devil's trying to get you to look everywhere. You just focus on the word, and that's what you'll have. We just keep the word before us everywhere it goes. That's pretty much what Moses is saying here to all the people of Israel, all the church, really. Is just keep your eyes on the word, and that's what you'll have. That's what will develop in your life. What you focus on will develop. So it shall be when the Lord your God, say when, Verse 10, when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities, to give you large and beautiful cities, we should be controlling cities, amen, which you did not build, houses, houses, that's plural, right, houses, full, say full, of all good things. Not bad things, not Buddhas, not, <laughs> not idols, but filled with all good things. You want a lazy boy? Hey, you can have a lazy boy. Amen. <laughs> you want a chase lounge? Yeah, you can have a chase lounge. Filled with all good things. Whatever you think is good, that's what it should be filled with. Which you did not build houses, plural, full of all good things. Which you did not even fill. Hewn out wells, which you did not dig. Vineyards. This, this is really talking about takeover. Yeah. Vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, when you have eaten and are full. See, God wants you to be full, not famished. Then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Remember those days when you were a slave before you knew Jesus? A slave to the world, a slave to sin, a slave to the devil? Well, he brought us out from Egypt of hell from the house of bondage under the yoke of of slavery, bondage, and Satan. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are all around you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you. He wants to be first place. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be aroused against you and destroy you. Yeah, I can testify. All right. (laughs) Just purge me, Lord. Beat me, Jesus. Beat me. Turn it out of me. You know, if I wake up and I go to check my stocks before I go to check in with the good news, he leaves. <laughs> he doesn't like that. He likes to be first place. Amen. And I try to get him back, but Lord, no, he's first place or he's not. He's, if he's not first, he's last, really. And he just leaves. But if I wake up and turn over to the word first, he's always right there ready to meet me. Amen. So I always got to check myself with that. Keep my phone far away. Yeah, this device, good Lord. Keep the word close. What verse did I leave off on there? 
16, thank you. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments or the word of the Lord your God. His testimonies, his word, and his statutes as he has commanded you. Just keep the word close. And you shall do, do the word, do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord. That, so a doer of the word is promised this, that it may be well with you. Say all is well. Because I keep his word. And all is not well when I don't keep it. <laughs> Have you noticed? Those days you keep the word and those days you don't. Those days you go around speaking the word and the days you don't. I can tell a big difference. How about you? It's just a covering. It's a shield. It's a protection. It's just so much more blessed to start your day with the word. With that covering over you than when you don't. And try to, the devil tries to distract you. First thing in the morning. Doesn't he? Right when you wake up. Fear's out the door. What? This is heaven. This ain't hell. Get out of here. Amen. I'm not fearing today. I'm waking up in faith with the word. It's not in fear of the devil and the world. No way. It's not worth it. Um, and then he says, And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land, supernatural strength he'll give you, of which the Lord swore to your fathers, to cast out all your enemies from before you. That's what the word does. As the Lord has spoken. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but if you go to a grocery store and start speaking the word everywhere, people don't run. <laughs> he cast out all your enemies from before you from speaking the word. They'll either run from you or run to you. <laughs> and it's up to them. <laughs> to cast out all your enemies from before you, as the Lord has spoken. When your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is the meaning of these testimonies, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe. I think the people of God needed the signs and wonders just as much as their enemies. Before our eyes, it says, great and severe, against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. Then he brought us out from there. I love this verse. Then he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land of which he swore to our fathers. God will always bring you out to bring you in. And the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always. For God's good? No, it says for our good always. That he might preserve us alive as it is this day. Then it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe all these commands before the Lord our God as he has commanded. Is everyone with me? Ready to enter chapter 7? All right, let's do it. When the Lord our God, your God, brings you into the land which you go to possess, wait on God, and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, and all the Iites right there, seven nations greater and mightier than you, and when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy toward them, nor shall you make marriages with them. Hey, don't marry the wrong people. Amen. You know when you get married, you marry the whole family? Is anyone married? You know that? <laughs> ah, so marry the right family. Amen. Get to know them before you get married. Amen. You know, love is blind, they say sometimes, but at least open your eyes to see the rest of the family first. <laughs> Amen. Know who you're getting involved with. Praise God forevermore. I heard a, a thing from Dave Ramsey, the, the top four questions you should ask before you get married. Uh, how many kids do you want? Finances, your religious beliefs, and um, 
proper boundaries with in-laws. That's part of the top four list from Dave Lamsey, establishing proper boundaries with in-laws. So you got to know who you're, who you're getting involved with. Amen. That's my word of the wise to all those kids out there getting ready to get married. Don't run away. Get to know the family. Stay put. Good Lord. <laughs> Help yourself. Amen. <laughs> Marry up. Amen. We got good families here. Praise God forevermore. I married up. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> so did she. See, we got a good working family here. Amen. Good working relationships. Amen. Know the one you're with and know who, uh, who bore him. Amen. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Okay. And if you marry the wrong person, just, I, I repent. <laughs> Lord, help me. <laughs> just kidding. We're all divinely connected. Amen. I mean, we met in Italy. God just supernaturally did that. Amen. I told Clarissa the first day, the first date, I want to be a bachelor to the rapture. I'm never going to get married. And here we are, three kids later, one on the way. Amen. Loving each other. God just works on the heart. Amen. <laughs> I said, I want to be like George Clooney. He's single and he's 55. And then I found out in Italy, the magazine came out. George Clooney got married. I was like, my idol. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I'm so blessed she found me and God found us. Amen. Amen Saved my life. I'd be dead without her. Amen. I would have been dead by now for sure. <laughs> Praise God. Love the one you're with. Amen. But God yokes people together. So just wait on him. That's the conclusion of that message. Where were we? Verse, uh, <laughs> I keep getting off here. Seven. <laughs> Chapter, uh, verse 7. Chapter 7. Chapter 7 and we'll just say verse, verse three. 3. Nor shall you make marriages with them. There we are. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son, for they will turn your sons away from following me. So my advice to Christians is to always marry a Christian. Amen. Doesn't that make sense? For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. For thus shall you deal with them. You shall destroy their altars, break down their sacred pillars, all these false gods and false idols, cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. He's a jealous God, right? Verse 6, for you are a holy people. Say, I'm a holy person. You are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you. Say, I'm chosen. To be a people for himself, committed to him and his word. A special treasure. Say, I'm a special treasure. Ain't no one like me. Amen. Say that again. Ain't no one like me. A special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any other people, for you were actually the least of all the peoples. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, he never lies, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. You make a choice for God, it affects your whole lineage. With those who love him and keep his commandments, and he repays those who hate him to their face, to destroy them, he will not be slack with him who hates him. That's a promise. He will repay him to his face, not mean you, says he will. Therefore you shall keep the commandment, the statutes and the judgments, which I command you today to observe them. Let the word work. Then it shall come to pass, because you listen to these words, and keep and do them, and do them, 
that the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the mercy which he swore to your fathers. And he will love you and bless you and multiply you. We see here the father's heart for all of his children is to love on you, to bless you, and to multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land, your grain and your new wine and your oil, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flock, in the land of which he swore to your fathers to give to you. You shall be blessed above all people. Say all peoples. There shall not be a male or female barren among you. If you're a Christian and you've been told you can't have kids, that's an absolute lie. It goes against the truth. It says, There shall not be a male or female barren among you, or among your livestock, your business, what you put your hand to. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness. Say all sickness. That's part of your covenant. And will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt, which you have known, but will lay them on all those who hate you. Uh, Deuteronomy also says, He'll bless those who bless you, and do what? And he'll curse those who curse you. Also, you shall destroy all the peoples from the Lord your God, from whom the Lord your God delivers over to you. Your eyes shall have no pity on them, nor shall they serve their gods, for that will be a trap to you. If you should say in your heart, These nations are greater than I, how can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid of them, but you shall remember well. Remember well. Put yourself in remembrance well. That the Lord your God, what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt, the great trials which your eyes saw, and the signs and the wonders, and the mighty hands, and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought out brought you out. So shall the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. Moreover, the Lord your God will send the hornet among them, until those who are left who hide themselves from you are destroyed. You shall not be terrified of them, for the Lord your God, the great and awesome God, is among you. And the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. How? Little by little. You will be unable to destroy them at once, lest the beasts of the field become too numerous. But the Lord your God will deliver them over to you, and you will inflict defeat upon them until they are destroyed. And he will deliver their kings into your hand, and you will destroy their name from under heaven. No one shall be... <laughs> Putin, Iran... All those people who are coming against Israel and the United States, which are really, it's really just coming against God. And he will deliver their kings into your hand, and you will destroy their name from under heaven. No one's going to remember their name. No one shall be able to stand against you until you have destroyed them. You shall burn the carved images of their gods with fire and shall not covet the silver or the gold that is even on them, nor take it for yourselves, lest you be entangled by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God, nor shall you bring an abomination into your house, lest you be doomed to destruction like it. Have you got any yoga videos in your house? Uh, burn those. Amen. Get rid of those. Um, a lot of people in the United States, even Christians, practice yoga, and they have no idea that every position in yoga is a form of idolatry and worship to another god. Hinduism has over three million gods, and every position in yoga is a form of worship to that god. That's how it was developed. So Christians have no idea they're worshiping other gods when they're doing yoga. They don't tell you that part when they when you when you sign up. Well, you should know that. <laughs> so if you have anything in your house that could be an abomination, he's saying burn it. Amen. Amen don't be a partaker with those false gods. It can affect your family in your house. You might like, what's off? What's well, maybe you got some stuff that's not right in your house that you got to get rid of. 
You know, Benny Hinn, when he was traveling, he still is, but preaching everywhere, he'd go into a hotel room, and if there was a bad picture, he'd have his assistants go in before him, cover it up, get it out of the room, whatever, so that he was anointed in that place before he went and preached. So there's no nonsense in his hotel room. He'd always have his assistants go in before him. You just get rid of the stuff. Any bad magazines, you know, and throw them out. Because devils hang, like to hang around junk, amen? amen? So just get rid of it. Don't let there be any abominations in your house. Amen for that one? Amen. 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 That's just a little action that you can take to, to cleanse your house. Yeah. Amen forevermore. <laughs> may have a copy of a Quran. <laughs> I have a John MacArthur study Bible that the Lord had me throw away. Why? Because all the notes in there were completely contradictory to the Word of God. There was no faith. It was actually coming against the word, John MacArthur's notes in the Bible. So I had to throw that one out. It was an abomination to the Lord. Talking against the word in the word? It doesn't get worse than that. <laughs> so I had to get a new spirit-filled life Bible instead, which notes lined it up with the word. The word of faith, not the word of doubt and unbelief. Hey Amen. Those little things. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So those little things you may just want to check up on. And the Holy Spirit will lead you to do it. Amen. Amen. Those little things could be holding you back. Amen. Where did I leave off? <laughs> okay, there we are. And no one shall be able to stand you until you have destroyed them. You shall utterly detest those things, the abominations that are doomed to destruction. You will detest it and utterly abhor it, for it is an accursed thing. Okay, chapter 8. My favorite chapter. Here we go. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live, so the word gives you life, and multiply, multiply, and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these forty years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his word or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know. Say that three times fast. <laughs> he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know. That man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word. Say, it is written. It is written here that man lives by every word. Word. So we're living by words. We're living by words, he says. Man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So if your life level seems low, it's your word level that's low, he says. So when you get your word level back up, your life will go back up. That's the key to life is the word. Jesus himself quoted this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, he said. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Whatever shoes they had, Adidas, Nikes, they didn't wear out for 40 years. They were well made. Probably weren't Nike, but <laughs> they were well made. Amen. Did the gar garments didn't fade out for 40 years. Supernatural manna in the wilderness. Those are miracle signs and wonders every day provided for them for 40 years. <laughs> Praise God. We serve a big God and he is so, so faithful. Amen. Amen. He might make you know, that he might make you know, a man shall not live by every, uh, alone, my bread alone, by every word that proceeds from his mouth. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God corrects you, chastens you. Say, I receive correction. 
And correction will always come through the word. Amen? So many people are after a prophetic word, but if the Lord has to interrupt a whole service just to speak to you, you're already out of place. You've already The Lord's been trying to correct you for a long time. If he has to interrupt a service where everyone's getting fed just to speak to you, it's a little late. <laughs> Amen? It means you didn't heed correction. It's not a blessed thing for a prophet to give you a word and interrupt a whole service. It's, that's probably your last chance. And I've seen people like that on their last limb who have died after that because they didn't hear that prophet's last word to them. They resisted God so long, the prophet spoke, they didn't heed correction, then they died. It was their last chance. He interrupted a whole service for them, but that was their last chance. It happens, amen? Praise God. That's not us. Let the word correct us. Therefore you shall keep the commandments, the word of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Say a good land. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. Say nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, Say full. Then you shall bless the Lord your God. It's hard to bless him when you're lacking in scarcity and when you're not full. Third world nations, we have a lot tuning in. When you're hungry, when you're lacking, it's hard to bless the Lord in that state. He says, when you're full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his words. Meaning when you have all the success and all these possessions and you are full, don't forget his word in those days. Don't just go off on vacation and have fun. You know, statistically in the U.S., every summer there's a church slump. And Terry Mize has been praying against that his entire ministry. That the church attendance doesn't slump in summer because everyone just goes off on vacation, does their own thing, forget about God, whatever. You know, they saved up for summer and now they're just gone. <laughs> so we pray against church slumps. Amen. He's saying here, don't forget this word when you're all blessed and having fun and all that stuff. Just just keep them first still, amen? Go have fun, but just keep them first, amen? But where that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full, and have built beautiful houses, not ugly houses, it says beautiful houses, amen? And have built beautiful houses, and live in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied. Say multiplied. Say that's his nature. And that's just my nature now. And all that you have is multiplied. Say multiplied. Multiplied, multiplied, multiplied. Times three right there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When your heart is lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, Enjoying the good times, you forget God. From the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness, in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land, where there was no water, who brought water for you out of that flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers didn't even know, that he might humble you and that he might test you. See, the Lord tests the hearts as well. The Lord tries the hearts as well to do you good in the end. Why is there a testing period? Why is there a trying period? It says it right there, to do you good in the end. Why is there a purification period? Why is there a chastening period or a stripping period? It's to do you good in the end. You just trust the process. Trust the Lord. Trust the word. 
Then you say in your heart, my power. I, I'm going to try to do it in my haughty voice. My power <laughs> and the might of my hand, which God created. By the way, I didn't create myself, did you? I had nothing to do with the production of this body. I have no idea how it got this way. I'm just commanded to keep it now, take good care of it. Amen? But I didn't create myself. No one did. And he says, in my hand, the power, my power, and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. <laughs> and you, but, it's really but there, verse 18. But you shall remember the Lord your God. Remember him. Just forget about yourself and remember him. And that's what worship is. It's putting your flesh under and just attending your whole strength, your mind, your, your spirit, and your body just on the Lord. And you know how we just forget about ourselves during worship? And guess who's at the door? God. He comes in in that state. Amen? Worship is a great form to forget about yourself and put yourself in remembrance of God. You're just in his presence. And in his presence, his fullness of joy, and you just melt away. All your cares melt away. Whatever you're carrying in your body, any pain melts away. Amen? Any lack melts away. You just could care less about the things of this world and the things of man, and you just go straight into heaven, and your eyes are fixed on God. What a place of glory worship is. That's how we enter into his glory, is through worship. Amen? I enter in through worship. Praise God forevermore. If you're in a hard place, you're out there on town, you know, in the world, shopping or wherever you are, and you just, this place sucks. We've all been to places like this. This feels like hell on earth. Just start worshiping and bring God there. Amen? Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And enter in. We enter into his house through worship. Amen? What a powerful tool worship is. Spirit, soul, and body all get involved. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. See how he goes back through the generations right there in one verse and then makes it current for today? He says, as, he, as he's promised to your forefathers, your generations, generations who believe me, as it is this day, and brings it right here into the here and now in which faith lies and dwells. Faith is now. Faith is now. This promise is for you right now. It's, not, it's written a long time ago, but it's current for you right now. Wherever you are in whatever state you're in, whatever nation you're in, he promised it to Abraham, but it's for you right now. As it is this day. Say, this is the day of salvation. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in this day, because I'm alive right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then it shall be if you by any means forget. It's so easy to forget with all the distractions, right? Forget the Lord your God and follow after other gods and serve them and worship them with all your spirit, soul, and strength. I testify against you this day that you will die. You'll surely perish from not keeping the word of life. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient. There's that word we all love in a democracy, <laughs> in a free nation, yeah. obedience. You, you hear that more in kingdoms in which we're, we live, in the kingdom of God, not usually in free nations or democracies. But it's all over the word of God. Obedience brings blessings, amen? Not, he's not doing it to beat you. He's doing it to bless you. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. 
Because you want to be obedient to the voice or the word of the Lord your God. Which means if you are, you're going to get blessed. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's all stand, shall we? Praise your Father. Hallelujah. That we have healed bodies. That we live in a blessed nation and a blessed kingdom. And no matter if the nation goes up or goes down or folds in or folds out or runs away or whatever it is, your kingdom stands forever. And we can change every nation on this earth through our kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We bless you, Father, that you've called us to be prophets, speaking, commanding spirits made in the same exact image and likeness of you. We call heaven to earth today where you've placed us, where you've planted us to live. We transform the curse into the blessing through you because you've taken it out of the way and have grafted us into the son of your love. We give you all the praises that darkness has passed away, that you redeemed us from the curse and transferred us into the glorious liberty of light of the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessed kingdom he runs. What a commander-in-chief he is. What a blessed Father you are. We bless you, Lord. We worship you with our whole hearts, all you've done, all you are. Hallelujah. Let everything that has breath give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for giving us these times to praise you and worship you with. We can worship you in our darkest hour, on the mountain and in the valley, no matter what, and transform our place and ourselves into the kingdom of glory in which we're seated. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you praises for abundance, not lack, for overflow, no limits. You are the limitless king, and you reign. You are the first and the last, the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. You are King Jesus who will rule and reign forever. And the kingdom is upon your shoulders. Thank you, Lord, that you reign with the scepter of righteousness. And through that righteousness, we are established on the earth in our Christian lives and walk. Thank you, Lord, for your precious gift of righteousness that you've deposited in every heart of every saint. Every sent one is now the permanent righteousness of God in Christ. Say it with me. There is therefore now. There is now. No. no. Zero. Zero. Condemnation. Condemnation. To me. To me. Who, am a sent one. who am a sent one. I am the righteousness. I am the righteousness of, God in Christ. of God in Christ. I think righteously. I, think righteously. I talk righteously. I, talk righteously. I, I spread these words to my children's children. I spread these words of righteousness in my house, in my business, in the marketplace. And I live in righteousness. And I do righteous things because I talk it. My body lines up with my words. My body's controlled by my tongue. It's a rudder that I tame through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God given to me. The Spirit of Truth and the word of truth tames my natural body as I speak the word and I pray in tongues. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of tongues to tame the tongue which controls our whole body. Lord, show us importance, how important words are. Show us a new revelation from heaven of how important our words have been in the past that have created our lives around us. Show us the importance of speaking words of life 
to recreate our circumstances and to change hell into heaven and to recreate the Garden of Eden in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that fresh revelation of wisdom and power into the power and effectiveness of the words of man that we have. Authority has been given to us in our time. Life and death are in the tan. We thank you, Lord, for using our tongues. Holy Spirit, speak freely through us. Everywhere we go, give us words of life to a dying, dying, cruel world. Thank you, Lord, that we can come against every work of the enemy with the work of God, the word of God that changes everything, that created everything, that gave us paradise on this earth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We're sent to change. Say, I'm not a conformer. I'm a transformer. Say, I'm more than an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. And I can do all things through Christ, the anointed one that lives in me, that strengthens me. And let's just pray in tongues. Lord, we build ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the unknown tongues, in the gift of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I had an apostle pastor up in Simi Valley that prayed in tongues eight hours a day. And man, he was taken into places you can minister to people in India just praying in tongues. Amen? There's no time in the spirit realm. You can get out of this earthly carnal suit and go places you've never been just by praying in the spirit long enough. Amen? Your spirit will see things it's never seen before. And we live by that revelation. That's what changes us from the inside out. That revelation. And it comes through praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than y'all. And he got words from heaven and wrote them down in a book. Revelations for us. Two-thirds of the New Testament through praying in the gift of tongues. Amen. What are you going to write? Amen. Through praying in tongues. What are you going to create through praying in tongues? It's up to you. Heaven's open to you. We live under an open heaven. Amen. Say the best is yet to come. I see little three sweet peas over there. But thank you for the kids for blessing us today. Look at the kids are serving us. Oh, it's so blessed. See, you sow in your reap. Amen. You sow into them. And look at that. Amen. You get what you sow. So we're going to take communion. Go ahead, please. Thank you, Sophie. If you're at home and like to take communion with us, feel free. That would be wonderful. Thank you, honey. We love you. Amen, amen. I know my God has paid the way for me. I know my God. I got one. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Has paid the way for me. I'm not moved by what I feel. <laughs> I'm not moved by what I see. I know my God has paved the way for me. You know, if you watch a KCM broadcast with Kenneth Copeland, I didn't know for years that that song they play before every broadcast is him singing. I didn't know that. But that's him who sings that old, uh, opening song. I love that song, too. Praise God. Have we all been served? Everyone have a, a cup? All right. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. This is a great way to receive your healing today. Amen. Amen. Say, I'm ready to take my daily bread. Let's just hold up the blood first. And just look at it. Look at the cup, if you will. 
And just envision this, that this is the shed blood of Jesus Christ that you are ready to partake of. His blood carries nutrients, health, and healing. He's in a glorified body. There is a man in the Godhead in heaven right now who by his stripes you were healed, who shed blood for you, for the remission of sin, for the healing of your body, and to establish every promise in the word as covenant, as purchases. This is the power of the blood that guards you and me, that covers you and me, that fills you and me with life everlasting. We thank you, Lord, for your shed blood that brings life, health, and healing to all our flesh. Let's partake of the blood of the new covenant. Thank you, Lord. The Bible also says, discern yourself, judge yourself, and you'll not be judged. And he says, many are weak and sick among you and die prematurely because they haven't properly discerned the body of Christ. Well, if you properly discern communion through the word, you're going to live a blessed, healed life. Amen? Amen? That's what we just did. We properly discerned the blood of Jesus. Now let's look at the, the body, the bread. This is the bread of life. Just picture it as a piece of Jesus' flesh. He, sold, he told his disciples, if you don't drink my blood and you don't eat my flesh, you have no part in me. We have been made and grafted into the body of Christ. This was his shed body to make our bodies whole. Amen? From head to toe, he wants you well. Amen. He died to give you health back. No matter what you've been dealing with in your body, I say to you, the past is past. The future is ahead of you, and it's bright, bright, bright. Because the steps of the righteous get brighter and brighter and brighter until he comes again. So we rightly discern your body, Lord. We judge ourselves right now. We put ourselves in remembrance of your truth. If there's any evil way, like David said, purge it from me. If there's any evil thought, purge it from me, Lord. I'm rightly discerning your body today that was shed for mine. You brought healing in my mind. Healing in the emotions in the soul of man. You brought healing in my flesh. And you recreated my spirit. I'm a new man. All things have been made new to my spirit man. I get my soul and my body in line. And I receive your shed body. For healing for me. By your stripes, I was healed. Say that, by his stripes, I am healed. We bless you, Lord, you're the great I am. And by your stripes, I am healed. Thank you, Lord. Now, when you eat this, do it. Release your faith in the body and receive your healing. On the count of three. One, two, three. I receive my healing. Amen. This is just your point of contact. And you can have that in your daily life every morning. You can take communion. And release your faith in something physical. Just like money. You need money, you release your faith in the money you give. Amen. Put your faith in your dollar. Put your faith in your offering today too. And release your faith that this is your point of contact with God. That he's going to multiply it back to you. It's the same with the blood and the bread. I release my faith for healing every time I take it. I put my faith in these objects. Just like Jesus did. Amen? Amen. Praise God forevermore. Did someone get something from this message? Thank you guys for joining us. And thank you online for joining us today. If you'd like to give into our offering, 
The Lord promises you a 30, 60, and 100 fold return. And Jesus himself said it is more blessed to give. That word blessed literally means empowered to prosper for you to give than to receive. Whenever you give and release your faith in what you give, just know the Lord is starting to work and move on your behalf and in your financial realm and sphere. Amen? Whenever I sow tithes, whenever I give offerings and sow seed, I know it's my point of contact for more. Amen? You can't outgive God. He's such a good father. He endeavors to give you back more than what you give him. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Let's just pray over this offering today. Father, we thank you that it's more blessed to give than to receive. I thank you that the word of God says I am promised as a sower, as a giver, a 30, 60, and 100 fold return. I stand on your word until I see that harvest, Father, and I will not quit until I have it. I thank you, Lord, that I am a violent, forceful, taking prophet of the Most High God, and I will see good days ahead because I refuse to move off your word. Thank you, Lord, for lands. Thank you for properties. Thank you for houses and businesses that the wealth of the sinner has been laid up for us, the just. We take it through the arm of faith through our offering today. I release my faith in my seed today for more. Thank you, Lord, for taking me to new levels, new heights as I give something to you to work with. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I place my faith in my seed today and call in my harvest as you are hasting it to bring it to me. Ministering spirits, go out for every person here. I know there's at least one angel for every person represented here today. I charge you in the name of Jesus under the commission of the Church of Jesus Christ to go bring these people their harvest in Jesus' precious name, that the world may fear them, that the world will see the overtaken blessing that has been promised to them on their lives that they are crowned with the favor of God from head to toe, that the world sees that crown on their head, that they are royalty. They are the sons and the daughters of the Most High God. And good things and good prosperity and good days are just ahead of them. We thank you, Lord, that they are faithful to guard their tongues and not speak against their blessings. Thank you, Lord, for controlling our tongues through the Holy Spirit and Word, that we would not talk against your Word. Thank you that you hasten it to perform it, and we cooperate with that. Say, blessings are on the way. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Say, I'm healed. I'm alive with the life of God. Jesus is in the house, and he lives in me. What can't I do? Lord, here am I. Send me this week. To someone in need, show me someone to bless. I'm blessed to be a blessing. And when I lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And you'll get all the credit and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys. Thank you for joining us. Be blessed. Amen. Be being blessed. Love you all. Happy Saturday. See you next Saturday. Isn't it beautiful weather out? It's gorgeous. And food? We have food back there for Clarissa's birthday. There's some food in the back for Clarissa's birthday. Again, happy birthday. Thank you for singing. For almost six years now. In August, it'll be six years we've been here. Can you believe it? Amen. God is so good. So we love you guys. Thanks so much. Bye for now.